thank you, Lord, for this time of teaching, opening your word, for this time we have together to understand your word. Father, let your word be as a hammer, God, that breaks anything in our life that's not, that, that, that does not line up with your word. Father, help me to speak slowly and clearly <laughs> and to convey what I feel you have laid on my heart. We pray this prayer in the only saving name, the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you agree with me, please clap your hands for a few seconds if you don't mind. Thank you so much. And while you're standing, just please continue to stand for a few more seconds. Let me pull here, up here where we're going to have a lot of scriptures to give you today. So I'm, we're only going to read the first one. Actually, two. And then we are, you'll be seated. The first one will be 1 Peter 3 and 10. 1 Peter 3 and 10. First Peter 3 and 10, and after so, you're going to be seated. But let's read this together while you're standing. Thank you for standing. For he that will love life <clears throat> and see good days, which means to experience or to live in, let him or her refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let me read that again in your hearing, please. For he that will love life and see good days, let him or her refrain his tongue from evil in his lips that they speak no guile. Please clap your hands as you're being seated. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being in attendance to our morning Sunday school class. Amen. We're so thankful. Amen. For your attendance. We think it's very important here as we open the word of God that you follow along as much as you can in your Bibles or your device or whatever form that you're using. I think it's important when we come to a time of understanding and listening and reading and opening the word of God that it's just not what the, what the teacher or the minister or the preacher or the men, whoever the brother is saying. <clears throat> but in order for the word to have a long-lasting effect, hey, Brother Kyle, on our life, it's very important, I think, that, that as the, the preacher or the teacher or the orator is going through the scriptures, that we should follow along as much as we can. Even if you can't turn quickly in your Bible, maybe you can make a note or jot it down somewhere. I think that's how we really grow. It's time out for sometimes coming and saying, yeah, it's a good word, brother, good, good teaching, good preaching, good ministering. The word of God is so much more than that. So I'm asking you as, as much as you can, please, you don't mind, just follow along here. I, I do have a, a few scriptures that I want to talk about here, and I, I just want you to follow along in your Bible. And if I'm going too fast, just write it down and review it later. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two witnesses, every word is established. So the word is established, not when, not when you hear it necessarily, but when you read it again and confirm the word, then it, it, it grows and it becomes rooted in your spirit. So I spent a few minutes talking about that because I so oftentimes you see people come and they go and come and they go and, you know, just hiss, listening and, oh, yes, that's great, and clap your hands. And there's no change. But the only way we can have lasting change, brother, is that we read the word, hear the word, and let the word take root in our hearts. The Bible says that it is the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. So uh, just please follow along with us here. 
The Bible says, and I'm going to read this scripture to you later, so let me just say it here, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. A very common subject. I will in no means exhaust this subject. So don't expect a full exegete from this subject. But I, I do want to talk about it because it's been on my heart for a few weeks now, actually. Uh, actually, a few months since the early part of this year. The power that God has invested or has given or has divulged into our tongue. And obviously, when we say the tongue, we understand. Just to be specific, we're not speaking of the organ that's in our mouth that goes through our tongue, uh, throat or whatever, somewhere in here, and it comes out, right? So we're not necessarily speaking of the thing that gives us the ability to communicate and articulate sentences. You know, that's not really actually, uh, actually what the scriptures are referring to when it says the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. What the scriptures are actually saying, if you may allow me to impede upon them for a few seconds here, what it's saying is the power of life and death is the power of life and death is in the words that you say. Now, as a preliminary, let me just take my time, please, and establish this. It's not the power, it's 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 not what others say about us, it's what we say about ourselves. And the scriptures is saying that the power of life and death is in what you say about yourself. Now, there is no one can take that from you. Uh, God give that power to a man. And that's one of the main distinctions, our primary distinctions that we have from the animalistic kingdom is that we're the only species, we're the only thing or creation that God made that has that ability. A cat, dog, horse whatever, cannot speak and communicate in that particular way so much where it would affect their lives. But God made us in his image. And, and, and the Bible says that he established the world. And we'll get to that scripture in a few minutes here, but the, the, the very world was established by the word of his mouth. He, he, he didn't have a hammer and the nails and he wasn't constructing things. The Bible says that the things that are now that appeared did not come from things that we can see, but he spoke it from his mouth, from the, everything that we see, from the sun, moon, stars, everything we read in the account of Genesis, how he spoke it. And each time he spoke something, it was not, you know, he didn't contend, he didn't argue, he just spoke it. And the Bible said it was, it was there. And now this same, if I can say, reduced power God has divested or invested into man. Well, we're able, the Bible says that the power of life, life, is in the tongue, in death. Now, I have a couple of questions for you. We're in Sunday school, so I think it's quite fitting if I ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. What's bigger than life and death? Is there anything that's bigger Actually, I know serving God in the kingdom of heaven, not those things, but is there anything bigger in a person's life, brother, that we can say is bigger than life in death? Life in death is the most encompassing thing in the world because you live, you, you're born, and then you die. Everything else is kind of mediocre compared to life in death. So if he said in Proverbs, if the wise king inspired by God to say that the power of your life is in, in, in also death is in the tongue, then everything else is subject to that. Can we agree on that point? 
Everything else is subject to life and death. And he makes that premise. He says that now I'm just going to tell you that everything that, that, that you would have and everything you would ever be is in the power of your words. So we all can agree that the words are pretty important that we say about ourselves. So I would, I just, I'm going to ask this question, and you can just write it down and think about it. What are you saying about yourself? What, what are the words that you're saying when you're saying, well, brother, I don't really say a lot. And, and, and we can even be more technical and say it's not really the words you say, but maybe the thoughts you're thinking about yourself. Didn't Jesus say somewhere that as a man think it? So is he, in other words, you are the manifestation of a, of a compilation of thoughts that you have had in the past. Strictly, in other words, you are here because it was a thought. You woke up this morning and you thought, let me put clothes on, let me get ready to go to church. It was not just something you just did. It was a thought. Everything goes through a thought pattern in our mind. I got somewhere I want to go. Just please follow along with me here. Everything consists of a thought. So what are you saying and what are you thinking about yourself? I can tell you what you thought this morning. You thought about coming to church. And, but before you had to come to church, you had to think about what you was going to wear. And before you thought about what you was going to wear, you thought about going and doing all of your morning routine. It's, it's, there were thoughts. And now the thoughts were manifested. The, when, the, 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 the manifestation of your thoughts is the action. So in other words, you have a thought first. Just follow me here with you. You have a thought, and then the manifestation of the thought is the action that precedes the thought. So you thought to get out of the bed, you got out of the bed. You thought to go to the restroom, you went to the restroom. Our minds, is our action is the manifestation of a thought that we had previously, period. Everything you will ever be in this world is the manifestation of something you thought about in the past. So what are we thinking about? The Bible's still with me, right? The Bible says in Colossians 4 and 6, no, let's skip that. Let's not go there yet. Let's, let's skip that. Words are not simply sounds caused by air passing through our throat or larynx. Words have real power. God spoke the world into being by the power of his words in, 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 he, in Hebrews 11 and 3. It says, through faith we understand. I said this earlier, but let me read the scripture to you now. Through faith we understand that the worlds, it's S, talk about it later. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That simply means the things that we see didn't come from things that we see. <laughs> they, they, in other words, the, the trees didn't from nothing procreate themselves. The sun didn't just, it wasn't a daddy's son and a mama's son and now we got a, a son's son. <laughs> it, you know, it, 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 there was no parents involved in creation. It was just the word of God that spoke out of his mouth and it came to pass. It's, it, it, it came to pass literally. The things in, 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 in it says that the things that do appear. And we are in his image in part because of the power we have with words. Words do more than convey information. It's just not me telling you something. As I said earlier, words just not me, you know, filling your heads with information. What time is it? What's the score? Who won the game? But words have a much more effect than that. The power of our words can actually destroy one spirit, even stir up hatred and violence. They not only exacerbate wounds, but inflict them directly. Talking about the power of words. 
of all the creatures of, on this planet, only man has the ability to communicate through the spoken word. The power to use words is a unique and powerful gift from God. What? Just ask your neighbor or somebody, what are you saying about yourself? Did nobody do it? Ask your neighbor, what are you saying about yourself? If you take a hammer, right? The purpose of a hammer, the purpose of a hammer is to build. We all would agree on that, right? So just imagine, use your imagination with your class that this is a hammer, right? So what is this? What is this? Thank you. So this is my hammer, right? This is my hammer. And this hammer was designed, when the builder of this and the manufacturer designed this, he had in mind building. He didn't have in mind nothing else. And understand in building, you remove some things also. You, you know, and so he has this little hook in the back. Some of you have seen this before, right? There's a hook in the back of a hammer, right? Like this. And that is, was made to claw. Thank you, brother. This claw was made to pull our nails out. There is no other reason the hammer was made. Can we all agree on that? Can, is, there, is there anyone in disagreement that the hammer wasn't made for driving and removing nails, right? That was the primary function. But can I use this hammer for something else? Can I, in fact, destroy with the same hammer that was intended to build? Can I manipulate this hammer to my own advantage and use it against my brother as a weapon? Or against my sister as a weapon. Now, I understand the premise that I'm trying to establish here because this is the power that God has given us in what we say about ourselves. I'm not going to establish what we say about others yet. I might not even have time to get to that. But just what you say about you or what your thoughts about you, how much they affect your reality. He said it. He said, listen, listen, the whole body is controlled by this little thing in your mouth, and it's called the words that you say. He said, by your words, you will be judged, or, and by your words, you will be condemned. In other words, you will be acquitted based on what you say. The words that come out of our mouth, they goes up, and they, they don't just die. They, uh, words are alive. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12 that, that, the, that the Holy Ghost is quick and sharp and alive and powerful and then two in, uh, uh, prophet in any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder, and a, a judge of the very intents of the heart and discerner. Listen, you have that same power. Do you know your words, when you speak something out of your mouth, they have a reaction on other people as well as yourself. They, they go out and affect your reality. So why do we not allow the words that we say to be more thoughtful? Let me, let me get to this because y'all looking at me like I'm not talking to nothing here. <laughs> Our words have the power to destroy and the power to build up. Proverbs 12 and 6. Let's read this again. Proverbs 12 and 6. The tongue has the power, he says, the, wicked, the words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Let's read another scripture, Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, they that love it. Are we using words to build up people or to destroy them? Are they filled with hate or love, bitterness or blessing, complaining or compliments, uh, lust or love, victory or defeat. Now we say once 
we are born again, we're filled with the spirit of the living God. It comes into our bodies, into our spirits, and it's supposed to control our minds. It, it, the Bible says that he comes in and controls that thing, and, you know, we get filled with him, and we, we are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, therefore, our tongues now become subject to what the spirit of God would have us to say. The Bible says about Samuel the prophet that no idle word fell to the ground. Everything that the man of God said, the Bible says that was honored, was honored by God. Because he, uh, uh, I think because he chose the words that he said. He chose the thoughts that he had because the thoughts became the words that he said. Amen. Furthermore, our words not only have the power to bring us death or life in this world, but in the next as well. Jesus said it this way, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. He said it like this, for by your words you were, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be, will be condemned. Let's read the scriptures, Matthew 12 and 36. But I say unto you that every idle word, that means every single word without fail, listen, Every single word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. God is going to hold us accountable for every single. Can you imagine that? They say we speak about 14,000 words a day. They say women speak probably double that. I don't know, the numbers may be off. Something like that. Thousands of words get spoken by us a day. And Uncle Corinthian, he's saying that we're going to have to give account for every single word that was spoken. You got to ask yourself, what in the world am I saying? What am I saying about me? What am I saying about my children? What am I saying about my wife? What am I saying about my husband? What am I saying to the people at Walmart? What are the words that I'm going to have to give an account for? That's what he's saying. Every single word. It make you want to choose the words that you speak. Is this why maybe he said that we should be slow to speak? Maybe. Is this why he said that we should be slow to speak and quick to hear? Is this why we shouldn't be so abrupt and the Bible says quick to anger because the anger of men does not achieve the righteousness of God? Is this why he said that when, when words are many transgressions are it's not absent? Let's read some more. Let's read some more. Ten. The Apostle Paul wrote, do not let any unwholesome word or talk come out of your mouths, but that only what is helpful for building others up according to their, de to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4 and 29. Let's read it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good. Listen, he said, let no corrupt. Now, now, come on, church. Let's, let's, let's ask ourselves about, let's, let's, let's just do a quick examination, a mental examination on our own self. Let's just take a, a check. Is there corrupt things proceeding out of our mouth? Because Paul is saying, and now we're understanding the gravitation of the words that we say and the effect that they have on our, on our, on our reality. They don't just die. They don't just, you don't speak a word and just, no, we know that. Come on, we all have said things to our children and to our spouses that we wish we didn't have said, and we will repent and we say we're sorry, but the word still is kind of hurting that person. You ever had something said to you three, four years ago, three, four months ago, three or four weeks or days ago, and the person probably apologized to you about it, but it's still kind of on your mind a little bit. Like, man, I can't believe they said that to me. And it has a way of just kind of really hurting you a little bit, right? 
they, the person has probably sincerely apologized. They have sincerely from their heart, but the words are still alive. Words don't drop. They are living. Words are living. And so people, the words that we say can have sometimes a lasting effect on people. Lasting effect. It's especially if it's a child or it's someone that looks up to you and some authoritative figure and they speak a word to you and you, you, oh man, that hurted me. And, that, and you just go around and that person comes to you and says, I'm, I'm sorry brother, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry sister, I shouldn't have said that. But that does not remove the word or the thing spoken. It's still working. And sometimes it takes God himself miraculously through prayer and fasting to remove the hurt that, that was spoken by another person. I hope I'm saying something okay this morning. Paul is emphasizing the positive, the positive over the negative. The Greek word translated unwholesome means rotten or foul. That's what that word corruption means. It means let no rotten or foul word come out of your mouth. And it originally referred to rotten fruit and vegetables, talking about the things that, that we're producing, right? Because Jesus said that you know a tree by the fruit it produces. We can say we are on this tree, but if we're producing apples, we're an apple tree. You can tell me that <laughs> you, you're a pineapple plant. But if you're producing watermelons, bro, you're a watermelon vine. We can say a lot, but what you produce is what you are. So if we are allowing corrupt things to come out of our mouth, then maybe we should take examination. Being like Christ means we don't use foul, dirty language. For some reason, many people today think that it is a macho or liberating thing to use vulgar humor, dirty jokes, and foul language. But this kind of talk has no place in the Christian or the born-again life. Paul says it, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. I had a situation this week. Uh, Brother Morgan, one of my guys, viral me. And he has a foul mouth. And it, it and, uh, well... I don't know if I should tell this story, but I've already started, so <laughs> I said, man, don't use that language around us. Don't use that in the truck. I, I'm just saying, I don't, want, I don't want to hear it. Because the words have an effect on everybody around. Vulgarity, especially among men, has kind of become socially acceptable. Not, no, 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 no. Let's not excuse ourselves that easily. Let's not say what the world do. Let's bring it amongst our own ranks. Men that have been born again, women that has been born again. The Bible does not excuse us in this particular context. It says that we should never let no corrupt, no rotten or foul thing come out of our mouth. Do you hear what you're saying? Or do we think that because we are born again, we are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can get away with speaking words and not have no accountability for them? Or do we think that we are excused because we're going to run, jump, and skip so I can say, Brother Ayo, whatever I want to say? Because now you understand, in quote-unquote Christian dom, it's okay to use profane language. I, I, I hear quote-unquote preachers saying it's okay to use vulgarity at times when you insert cliques and, and groups. I hear, I hear these things being said, but I'm telling you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, let no corrupt commun communication proceed out of your mouth for no reason. No matter if you are a pastor, preacher, minister, or teacher, no matter if you are a radio host, what was good for them is still applicable for us now. 
Why do we think God has lowered his standard? He said no corrupt communication. And now you hear preachers, you hear teachers, you hear people that are saying I've been born again using such foul and vulgarity all in the name of what well, these are. Times have changed now. So this blank, blank word is okay because they allow it on the devil vision. They allow it on this devil book. I mean Facebook, you know. It, it's allowable. This somebody just wrote down. God is going to hold us accountable even if we pin it somewhere in writing. You understand that writing is still a form of communication. Can we agree on that also? Can we agree that what we put out there on the web is still a form of manipulation and tearing people down by way of words? And God said that we're going to have to give an account. When I was reading this, Keith, about three weeks ago, bro, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I'm really not. I start thinking about things that I've said to my wife. Because, you know, it's easy sometimes people who are the closest to you for you to just let things come out very, very easily. Because, you know, it's my wife. Or this, that's my husband. Or these are my children. Or I work with these guys. So it's easier sometimes to lower our standard and to allow our words to just flow freely out of our mouth. But think about it just for about 17. Just think about it quickly. The things that we say to people. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that, the, the, so, that, so that you may know how to answer everyone, Colossians 4 and 6. Let your speech be always with grace. I'm sorry, I read that wrong, somebody, I'm sorry. Let your speech, when you're around other peop Christian people, be seasoned with grace. Uh, I'm sorry. Let your speech, when you feel in you know, spiritual be seasoned with grace. Am I reading that right, church? Let your speech, every time you speak, always be seasoned. Isn't that something to think about? Seasoned with grace. It's, I'm sorry, always with grace. Seasoned with salt. That means always sprinkle. You know how you do salt, right? You, you, you just, you just taste it on there. He said, let your, let your conversation have grace. Let it be kind of all, kind of inconspicuously all through your conversation. All through. You ever talk to somebody and when you can be happy and joyous and you talk to them and you walk away feeling depressed? You just, uh, I told my guy the other day, listen, listen, man, I don't want to hear nothing negative. Nothing negative before lunchtime for me. Don't, I, don't, I just don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't want nothing. I don't want to hear it. If you bring me some negative, bring me some positive with it. Why can't we always speak with grace when we speak to someone? Have something encouraging and lifting to say because the Bible says that our speech should be seasoned with grace. You know, have a little grace all through it. Just, yeah, but God bless them. They're going to be okay. And, and let it end on that note. He says that you may know how to answer every man. What are we saying? <laughs> as born again, supposedly, as filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, right? Walking in the holiness, right? What are we saying? about ourselves. What are we saying? And I'm not talking about what we're doing here. I'm not even meaning necessarily your behavior and your actions. I mean literally the words that are proceeding from your mouth. What are they? Are you going to be able to stand before God and say, yep, God, every day I spoke with everybody with grace. Every single day. Every convert. That is an achievable goal, church. Now, listen, I'm not trying to make that some abstract thing in the heavens that we cannot achieve. We, no, that's that. I'm striving, bro. <laughs> Ain't that yet? Well, when do you plan on getting there? 
man, man, one day, man, I'm going to get, man, no, 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 no. This not one of those things we can say, well, one day. No, no, this has to start, church, because we're going to be accountable. We're, we're going to, God's going to hold us accountable for all 10,000 or 12,000 words that we said. I went to an Amish community some years ago. I visited one. And I found the people so interesting. Anybody ever seen Amish people before? Have anybody have a visit in the Amish uh, compound? Sister, um, uh, you have? Anybody else? I, I went to a common uh, uh, Amish compound, Brother Royal, and I wanted to visit one because I've, I've read about them before. And I was taken back by how the conversations was. This is how it was. I, I kid you not, and she can bear witness. You ask the most basic question. So I would ask him, so how long have you guys been here? He would say, About 20 years now. How many children you got? They, they all got 20 children apiece. He was standing there. Everything the man said, it took at least 30 to 45 seconds. I got bored. I was about five questions. I couldn't even do it no more. I said, okay, I'm just going to read. I, I can't do this. It's going to be five hours with about five questions answered. But one thing I learned is every word and sentence is deeply contemplated. I'm not saying we should take that long to answer a question. Don't be extreme. Of course not. But why do we feel we must be so quick to answer? And then we have to go back and regret it. And we go back and apologize for it. What if we took a little bit more time to answer questions? What if we took, praise Jesus, what if we took a little bit more time in responding to things that was asked to us? What if we took just a few more seconds and not reacted? The first thing coming to our minds, I'm just, I'm just somebody, I just speak my mind. That ain't of the word of God. I just, I'm just one of those people that if you ask me something, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, that's not the word of God. I'm just telling you, that can be your personality, church. I love you guys in Jesus' name, but that's not the word of God. You can be that way, but that way needs, needs to become subject to the word of God. I'm just saying, that's just not who God made me to be. Well, you need to be born again. I'm just telling you, church, this is what the word of God is saying. Is, it, is, is, is this helping? Is it, it, am I making, am I clear on my... There is a remarkable parallel between Ephesians 4 and 25 and Ephesians 4 and 28. I don't know if I gave you this to you now, Sister Don. I didn't know I was going to get this far, to be honest with you. <laughs> Ephesians 4 and 25 says, let him that still, it's real easy, stole, still no more, right? But rather let him labor, working with his own hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to them that needs. Quick parallel, go to 4 and 28. Let him that stole, I'm sorry. Start with uh, 25, Sister Dom. Sorry about that. Ephesians 4 and 25 first. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Now, this is what he's saying. First thing he's saying we must do as born again Christians, or if you want to be called that, you know, born again, you know, walking according to the word of God, is put away lying. I was talking to another man of God the other day. And we was talking about a deal we had to make. And the first thing he said was, I, I told him about an incident we had. I said, man, but the brother lied to me about, I mean, the gentleman lied to me about this, just in business. He said, oh, come on, man, ain't no big deal. I said, what? So it's becoming acceptable now to lie? <laughs> I mean, w w so it's okay to kind of manipulate the lie a little bit? I'm just getting a little bit. Just a little bit lie. A little bit lie ain't going to hurt nobody, right? That's not what the word of God says. He says, pit away lying. Pit that mess. He said, let this not even be named among you 
as even one time. Not even one time. Let Pick this junk out of your midst. When one becomes a Christian, when one becomes born again, there is an expectancy of a change of speech follows because living for Christ makes a difference in one choice of words. The sinner's mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, as it says in Romans 3 and 14. It's full of it. It's full of cursing and bitterness and all kind of vulgarity, you know, in, in, in all these things. But when we turn our lives to Christ, we gladly confess that the Lord Jesus Christ, we, 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 we gladly confess. Literally, that's the first thing. Remember in the old church? Remember that? You could tell the people that was born again because they was a little bit more quiet than others on the job. They wasn't as loud and boisterous. And I know some of our personalities are kind of that way. I know I'm kind of talkative. I know it's just my personality. You know, you, you put me in the college stranger, we, we, we have a, a, a dialogue in 20 minutes. It's just that's how I was raised. But even in that, our nature has to become subject to what? The word of God. Because we understand, Paul said, knowing the wrath of men, of God, we persuade men. We understand that we have to be accountable for words that we say. So we have to be a little bit more quiet on certain subjects. We have to kind of be, I don't have nothing to say about that. Mom, you know how they used to say in the old church, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing? That's actually indirectly the scriptures. Because the Bible says that we should only speak things that are seasoned with grace. We should only talk about things, and sometimes we get a little bit too comfortable with certain things that we say because we excuse it with our maturity in serving God. Because I'm a mature Christian, I'm okay to say that, brother. Man, look at those shoes. <laughs> you know, it's okay because I'm, you know, I'm born again and I'm walking with the Lord, so it's okay for me to say certain things about certain people. And, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician, so it's okay for me to make fun. It's okay for me to laugh. It's okay for me, even though my making fun of this brother is making him feel uncomfortable, but it's making me feel good, so I'm going to continue on anyway. It's okay for me to deride and to make my brother feel like as if he's, because it makes me feel good. So it's okay. It's all done in laughter, right? It's all done in good nature, fun. But how is it making the other person feel? Maybe they're not as, as comfortable with that as others are. Maybe your, your, your words are causing them hurt. Maybe the thing that you're saying, is, it, it may play on their conscience. You ever been doing something and innocently, and somebody come tell you what you're doing, and then when you get ready to do it again, you think about what they said? I had a young man, <laughs> I remember. I had a young man used to talk about the way I used to dance, right? And he was about, not somewhere else. And he came up to me, well, he used to always come to me out to church. And he was a good, great young, he was about 12, 11 years old. And he used to come to me and say, what a power, what a power. This is the way you, you shout. And he used to do it right in my face, right? I said. <laughs> and he did it so much to me that when I do it, I would think about him. It didn't stop me. But it, it kind of had a little effect on my mind a little bit because now I'm thinking, man, who else is watching the way? <laughs> you know? So sometimes I think can have that kind of effect on you because that is brought to your attention in not a positive way. We have to select and choose the words, because words are alive. And remember, we are the manifestation of past words that were said about us. We have to practice speaking that. The Bible says, speak to yourselves. Speak it to one another in spiritual songs and hymns. Me and Brother Morgan do that sometimes. You ever call somebody with a scripture? Hey, man, I had this scripture in my mind, man. Great peace have they who love them thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Bless his name. What, what, you, what you talking about? 
I'm, I'm just, I'm just want to speak to you in the scripture. I call somebody with a song. Man, this song been in my heart all day, man. Great is thou faithfulness, Lord God. Anybody ever do that? The Bible encourages us to do these things, Pastor, but we, we, can, we can call one another sometimes much easier and maybe say things that are not so lifting up. Do we ever call one another and say, Brother, let's, I, I, I'm, I'm just calling you today. Uh, brother, uh, brother Green, man, God had you in my heart, brother, and I just want to let you know I'm praying for you, man. I'm, I'm just telling you I'm praying for you, brother. I don't know what you're going through. I don't even have to know. I don't, you don't have to tell me what's going on in your life. I just want to let you know, brother, that you can make it. I'm, I'm, praying, I'm calling to your name in prayer. Brother Spears, I've been calling to your name in prayer. In my, in my closet time, I call Brother Spears' name. Lord, bless my brother. I'm just calling to let you know that Brother Paul is praying for you. I'm just, I, I personally want to call you and tell you. That. Or maybe you can't call. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just going to text that to you. Brother, brother uh, uh, Corinthian, I'm, I'm telling you that I'm praying for you. I know you're going through some things in your life because you talked to me, so I'm letting you know I'm praying for you. You ain't got to tell me no more, but I'm, I'm just texting you that I'm praying for you. Now, I'm just, I'm just, the Bible said we should speak to one another in this way, regularly. Not, man, you believe what happened yesterday? Man, can you believe she was off note when she was singing? Man, look at, the, can you believe what she had? Man, look at the game. I can't believe they won that. They beat them boys by five points. Man, look at them boys. And I'm not, please understand me. Please hear what I'm telling you. I'm not demonizing any of those things. I'm not trying to say any of those things are ungodly and worldly. I'm not saying that in no shape, form, or fashion. But what I'm saying is the Lord said that when we speak to one another routinely, it should be in these kind of words. On our job, have something good to say about somebody. Ever say, hey, brother, how you doing, man? Oh, man, Lord bless you, brother. You're going to make it, man. Yeah, you're going to make it, man. God bless you. And, and it, it take one second to do that. Maybe the guy nobody else is talking to. I, I teach my daughter that when she go to school. I said, Leah, always find a person that no one else is talking to. I just go and find that person. Hey, how you doing? It's okay. What kind of day you having? Yeah, it's okay, man. You're going to make it, bro. Man, you're going to make it, man. You, you're going to get through this. Just encouraging words. Just always have words of lifting up. Always have words of building. Every day, all the time. This, this has to become our lifestyle, Yamali. This has to become our way of speech. Our way of conversation. Not always the, uh, I was talking to a man the other day, he's talking about the news. I said, bro, I have no idea what's going on. I get it. And my way of looking at reading the news is whatever story is on the front page, I glance at it when I go on to 7-Eleven. That's my story for the day. That's my news for the day. Because they only speak negativity and they only speak down and depressed and we're all going to die. Yes, we're the world. The stars are falling. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what the Lord is saying about me. I want to hear what the word of God has to say about the times. Always looking. Can you look for someone to encourage? It won't be hard. Find someone. To, hey, man, how you doing, bro? Man, I was, bro, I'm so glad to see you. And don't just say it superficially. I know. Not superficial. That's so American, right? Hey, how you doing? Great. Don't even, the person don't even respond and you're walking off. How you doing, bro? Good, man. Okay, good. Ah, that's not supposed to be our lifestyle, brothers and sisters. Hey, good. Great. Okay, see you later, man. All right, man. Great. All right. That's so cliche and empty and vain. Hey, bro, how, even if you don't get to everybody, it's okay. Can you get to one or maybe two people? Hey, bro, how you doing? I'm, I'm really glad to see you. That's not a lie. I am really glad to see you. I'm really glad to see you, Sister Come on. I'm really glad to see you, Sister Lord. And make it meaningful. And that person's life probably can be changed because you spoke such a word, such a gracious word. But it, it don't come naturally. 
it comes in with not my intentionality, being intentional about being encouraging, being lifting. If I got to say something, I want to say something that's lifting. I want to say something that's going to build you up. I want to say something that's going to motivate you to do what God called you to do. I tell young folks that all the time, bro, you, man, you, bro, God, you're going to do something special for God, man. Bro, I'm telling you, I tell every young person I talk to, every, every time I talk to them, you know, at my house yesterday, he said, but probably just said, no, I'm not, bro. I mean that. I'm not giving you a cliche. I said, bro, you're going to do something so special for God, it's going to blow your mind. Well, I don't have to give a prophecy. That's not prophecy. I'm just saying what God said about you. He said, behold, the plans I have for you is great, right? So I'm just repeating what the scripture said about you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Bro, God's going to do something so great and awesome for you, man. I can't wait to see it. I can't, man. They always tell me that, man, you, if you're down, go holler. I had two men in my house yesterday. They said, bro, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all good. I said, yes, it is. I said, man, God's going to help you in this matter. God's going to lift you up, man. God's going to pick you up. God's going to strengthen you. He's going to bring every single time, every single day, and find some word to encourage somebody. Because you're going to give an account for that. Be in heaven now. Can you imagine this? I'm ending now. I got this 1052. Give me one minute here. Can you imagine being in heaven? Now we're standing for the, the judgment of God and and, 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 and you find somebody one day that you, you just planted one little seed, one little quick thought, one, just one quick word, and you told them that you're going to make it through. And now that person got saved and moved to Africa, became a missionary, and now all these folks are saved because you spoke one kind of word to them that lifted them up. And can you imagine not knowing that and getting to heaven and, man, you, I told you that. Man, I, I don't know if we're going to be remember everything. I don't know. Debate that later. But I'm saying somebody coming to you and just, and, and you said something to them and you meant it and you just went and you kept going. And then they come back to you in heaven now and they're telling you this whole village of people. Maybe they moved to New York and started a church because you encouraged them. You said something to them and you lifted them up. You, you changed their lives. That's what, that's the power of speaking the word of God. Not motivational speaking. That's the power of speaking the word of God to your brothers and sisters. That's, the power is long lasting. It, 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 it goes on and on, man. And that person never, can you remember somebody that encouraged you? Can you remember one time you was down and somebody said something to you and you just said, oh, I'm going to make it now. <laughs> I'm going I'm to get through this. I, because somebody spoke some word to you. Can we try to do that? Can we speak the words that God has spoken about us to others? Can we practice that? Can we start that today? Is anyone going to make an effort? Can, is anyone going to make an effort to speak words that are seasoned with grace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Please stand at this time. I know it was kind of elementary. It wasn't deep and revelatory. I hope I helped somebody. It helped me. Can we pray for a few seconds before we uh, move forward? Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word. Father, will you help us to speak words that are scripture, that words that can encourage and lift up, not corrupt, rotten words to one another? Will you help me first, God, as I'm teaching this? Will you help me to apply this to my own life and my brothers and sisters? In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for your spirit. And we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. We have about six minutes before we're going to reassemble ourselves for our morning worship service. You may refresh yourself, talk, speak kind and encouraging words to your brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name.
Praise the Lord, everyone. If we can go ahead and start making our way to our seats. Is anybody excited about being in the house of the Lord today? Has God been good to you? Amen. Amen. And I, I want to know, you know, as, as we get started here, if God's been good to you, he deserves the praise. Amen. And I don't mean just the general, yeah, God's been good to me. No, I, I want us to think about, how, has God, what, what has he done for me lately? And I know what, if nothing else, I think about it to myself. I've got life. I've got breath. I've, I'm here today. And you know what's amazing is that God has more for us. Hallelujah. Actually, before we get started, why don't we lift up our voice to him and give him thanks and praise for what he's already begun, what he's already started, and what he will finish in your life. I'm so thankful that he is a faithful Savior. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you praise all across this room because you are our Savior, our Creator. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing behind the scenes. And Lord, you deserve my praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I give you praise and thanks in advance for what we're about to see today because, Lord, you're our provider. Hallelujah. You know what we've come here today. You know the bondage and the, and the barriers and the things that we're battling with. And I am thankful that we get to come into your presence and feel the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead for a few more moments and give him thanks and give him praise. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, from the front to the back, all across this room, if you're excited about what the Lord is doing in your life, hallelujah, if nothing else, you can say, God, I love you, I'm thankful, hallelujah, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, if he's done something for you, why don't you just give him a few more moments of praise, hallelujah, hallelujah, you are holy, you are worthy, Jesus' name, I'm thankful. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this place today. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. David said, Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise, Hallelujah, shall continue. 